I am unashamed. What about you? So uh, we talked about what Dad did yesterday on the last podcast at, at WFR. Um, Mike and I preached together, and um, but we had a really interesting day. So, Jace, you you and Missy were in our um, instrumental service. Yeah, and, and we were we were with the fired up Christians. <laughs> it's a little more it's a little more exciting over and there. I guess the older I get, the more passionate I've become. Uh, I, I like I like being over there. there there's a lot of people there that have been had drastic transformations at the hands of Jesus and his spirit. And it reminds me of that passage that he who has been forgiven much will love much will love much yeah. and they're I, I like the raucous crowds at this stage mm-hmm. so and you're right a lot of them are uh, folks that have overcome addiction and a lot of other issues because we have a really large celebrate recovery at wfr and then there's a lot of you know college students and young people in there too which makes so, it pretty so exciting. despite the the room that you're in that our people are like being a little more organized Reserved. and amen over where i was they were clapping and shouting, and was that during while? Oh preaching? yeah, why? Because see, we beam it in there. You know, they're just watching us on a screen. But you know, it's amazing now the way this works with technology. These screens now. I mean, like, because I was going to switch back and forth, you know, because I thought, well, I don't want them to never get a live version in the in the room. But you know, Ryan and I talked about it. I came back over and spoke one time. He said, "I'll to be honest with you, there's no difference." Whether you're on the screen or whether you're here in person, oh, I agree. And, and so I was, I was like, well, that's you know, that's a plus for technology. Plus, you got all our live stream uh, watchers, and I met a lot of people yesterday that were in town visiting. They watch from all over the country. They watch our our online service every week, and some of them are members of other churches, but they just love it, and so they come to visit because they want to experience it in person which is really kind of interesting. So we had a, a our scripture reader is a little girl named Ethne Tonages and uh, her parents are amazing. The transformation that when they first got here, cause you know, Sean's their dad, he was just a mess of a person, but he has grown now to one of our main leaders inside of our recovery. He's an incredible person. And uh, his little daughter, Ethne, I think she's about 10. And so we get the little scripture readers up. Jace had it few weeks ago when he preached. And so I like to interact with them. Well, this little girl, so the last time, she's the second time she read a scripture, she was wearing a hat that said Stanley Steamer on the hat. She's 10 years old. And so that, I get a little bio from, you know, the children's worship people and, and about the kid. And so it said on the thing, her, her ambition in life is she wants to go to work as soon as she gets out of school for Stanley Steamer. That's what she wants to do. Now, this, this is a 10-year-old kid. So I found that fascinating for whatever reason. So I, so I kind of interviewed her about why she loves Stanley Steamer so much. So yesterday, that was about a year ago. Yesterday, she gets back up. And I said, now, you still, you're not wearing the Stanley Steamer hat this time. Are you still, is that still on, you're on track? That's going to be your, and she said, oh, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. So I just wanted to make sure because, you know, I know these people may be competing for your services. But isn't that strange that a 10-year-old kid would just pick a company and say, you know what? I think I want to. I want to work for those people. You know, one day. I, what I, do they make? I think they clean carpet. Maybe. I don't, you know what they do, Dave? I think I they're think carpet. If clothes. I were you in that moment, I would have offered a exhortation to this young girl to think bigger. <laughs> 
are you thinking Stanley Stevens not a big enough life uh, ambition? I'm I mean, it's not bad. It's not Carpets bad have to be well, clean. But when you're ten, <laughs> aim higher. Y'all, y'all should have done that. <laughs> well, I, that was what I was thinking when I was watching this. I thought, forget the sermon. This is the sermon. Let's have Aim an intervention with a 10-year-old, but that was just me. I'm glad I didn't have that situation because might, my sermon might have gone off the rails. <laughs> Which is true. So you said uh, uh, Double D, Dennis Davenport, did the communion over there. What, what was his thing? He did. Well, it was 4th of July, and I do think it's weird. The older I get, I don't, you know, the less I believe in coincidences. But because uh, we, we just celebrated the independence of our country and freedom. And y'all made the segue of our freedom in Christ, yep. which is kind of what preachers do. Oh yeah. A little cheesy, we're, we're but true. Segues. Yeah. Yeah. Tre cheesy, but true. But when we did our, our, the Lord's supper, you know, now in our coronavirus culture, the, they we now call it the post Corona world. They now had the, uh, what is he rip and sip? What do he call it? He call it a. <laughs> yeah, it's they have this little rip and sip contraption that has the cracker. Phil, y'all might ought to look into this over. That's what I, we we have. Oh, y'all have that too. Oh yeah. They're, well, whoever's whoever's making that, they're they're probably they probably got a lot of money. Oh, now. they're doing well. Because now this whole this this idea about passing the trays and everybody reaching in and breaking off. In, do you and you realize some groups they. Some people believe that you got to participate in one cup. And look, I did some research on this because, you know, I have germaphobe tendencies, which now is embraced by all cultures and all the nations. The world finally caught up to you, yeah. Jase. You and Fauci. Because you know how, you know, we've made songs about the Red Solo Cup. That was a country song not too long ago. It was all about the Red Solo Cup. Well, I did some research you on that. You heard that song, Dad? The, the Country and Western? Yeah. Yeah, I heard I it. I don't remember it. I just remember Red Solo Cup, Red Solo Cup. So, And I thought, why would you do a song about that? But before that, I think it was in the 30s where that was invented. The reason it's called a Red Solo Cup is because up until that time, Everybody they had shared. community cups. Uh. So it's like... Here, you drink. I mean, as long as I'm first, I'm good. But I'm not sharing a cup in the 1920s with anybody, which still irks my wife. You know, like when we were dating, we almost didn't get married because I had my plate and she took a fry and reached over, reached over the table and took her fry and used my ketchup. I said, what are you doing? Well, if you the one cupper, if you're a, a one cupper, and you have three three towns, and they're a hundred miles apart, and you're all saying you have to drink out of one cup, well, there's three right there. Yeah, it's too many of, cups. It's well, that's what I said. But she said, I mean, "Well, wait a minute. You'll kiss me, but you won't let me use her. Our, you won't let me share your ketchup." I said, "Exactly." <laughs> she said, "Well, what if we didn't have any ketchup?" I said, but we do. <laughs> so, so she said, well, I'm, you're, I'm shocked she even married you anyway. I mean, the more I think well, about it, she said, you're a you talk about taking a chance. She rolled the dice on you. I'm getting to my point. She said, you're a germophobe or whatever you call it. What is it? Germophobe. Germophobe. I said, red solo cups. <laughs> she said, what? 
I said, there was a time in our history <laughs> where people invented a solo cup. And I'm not a one cupper. <laughs> and so people, there are people, God love them, because they have way more faith than I do, that they just take the Lord's Supper. And I know this got long, but you tapped in a nerve here <laughs> that, because I, I spent years of abuse. Everybody's like, oh, you know, you don't like to shake people's hands and all this kind of stuff. And now they're looking at me for advice and how to <laughs> how to go through life. Uh, another making, positive germ free. Yeah, germ free. You know, I, look, I love people. I just I don't know where your hands have been. All right. Let's just So the rip and sip is good for you as well. So he gets up and he does a clever he 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 came out of Luke seven and we did it all together. We all stood up because over there we're a little more grace oriented and I felt more free. Well, it's smaller that, so you can do more yeah. things, yeah. And uh so we we participated which to us symbolically and you know there's several passages about we declare the lord's death until he comes that's in first corinthians yeah. and so we get together as a body and we're taking this cracker which is just a cracker and you're taking the juice it's just juice but it represents Jesus' broken body on the cross for our sins and his blood that is god's grace in a way. So we all think back together. There's two things going. You're looking at yourself individually, Jesus on a cross, and you're part of the body of Christ that's doing it together, despite all our differences and all our mistakes and where we're from and what our social class is. We all come together, which I think is a great illustration for what's happening with our nation on July 4th because it's based on the principles, not necessarily the symbols. That's why we have all these debates about the flag and different things, which they're symbolic, but they're symbolic of principles that we're one. Mm -hmm. We, the people, have come together, created by, you know, God right. with certain inalienable rights, you know, among these are, Life, liberty, liberty, pursuit. and the pursuit of happiness. Yep. I mean that that's. that's you know what's interesting about community, Jay? So you for about I want to say a thousand years. I mean, all through the Middle Ages, the it was it was doctrine in the church, and I say that you know kind of in air quotes, the big church that you had to believe that those elements you mentioned, those symbols, were actually miraculously turned into flesh and blood as you partook it. And if you didn't believe that you got excommunicated, some strung up, you know, back in the middle ages, it was a pretty tough deal. If you didn't get on board, I mean, some bad stuff could happen to you. Now we just kind of, you know, fuss, but for, right. for a long time. So the idea of communion has been debated out in a lot of different ways and how people take it, how often they yeah. take it, you know, all that well, stuff. I think like the flag is to the nation and these symbols, the cracker and the juice, they're symbolic that we need God's grace. I mean, that's the bottom line. We're, I mean, really what's caused all this, all our division and our problems in a country is we're all sinful people. And at one time, the leaders and the founders of our country, guess what? We're sinful people and mistakes have been made. And so we're trying to move forward together and be unified and the same thing happens in Jesus. Right. The difference is 
we have the greatest origin of grace ever, which is the creator of the universe given his, his son and him being able to do that. But he had a good point to make the nation, the celebration of our independence coming together and what we have in Christ. He read from Luke seven, which is the faith of the centurion. I've never, I never thought about it, but it basically says when Jesus had finished saying all, all this, he had just talked about, uh, a tree and its fruit and the wise and foolish builders Mm -hmm. and love for your enemies. And I mean, all this good stuff, all these principles that are, that make for a sound society. He says there was a centurion, a centurion servant. And you think, well, what is a centurion? So he was a leader of a, of the Roman army. He had a hundred soldiers. He had a hundred soldiers, which is why it was called Centurion. Well, you would think this would be the last person in the world to approach Jesus. You know, here's a guy, not even a Jew, who's coming up saying, I got a servant. It says whom his master valued highly. He was sick and about to die. So this, this Centurion war, the man of war for the nation, has a servant who's sick, about to die. The centurion heard of Jesus in verse 3 and sent some elders of the Jews to him, because he had that kind of control. He's like, hey, go get this Jesus for me, (laughs) to go and heal his servant. So he had heard about, evidently, the miracles, and this guy has some power. And instead of thinking this is some kind of joke, or some kind of hocus-pocus magic trick, he he has faith and says he, he loved this and admired this servant so much, his character. Which is, uh, hang on, let's take a break. So we talked about mattresses, Jace, on the trip. What about sheets? How are your sheets on your... Uh... You know, the, you know the problem with the sheets at the beach? They get sand in them. Do you get any yeah. sand in the sheets? My grandkids get in the bed. It's a, it's an issue. It's a problem. No, on vacation, I didn't have my sheets, so I went with no sheets, no shirt, no sleep. <laughs> yeah, which is never good. Well, one of our sponsors is a company called Bowl and Branch, B-O-L-L and Branch, uh, and they make wonderful sheets, which I have them on all of my beds and love sleeping. They got very high quality. They have a 30-night worry-free guarantee. Uh, so if some reason you don't like them, you got 30 days, you can send them back. But you're going to love them. You, you won't want to send them back, trust me. So it's a whole new experience. Visit Bowl and Branch, B-O-L-L and Branch.com. You're going to get 15% off your first set of sheets if you use the promo code Robertson, so that's bowlandbranch.com, promo code Robertson, and enjoy your sheets. Which is also, Jason, a little glimpse. Jesus shows us several times that he came for more than just the Jews. Exactly, you know, which, which goes in where we're at in Romans. Right. In Romans 9 through 11, the whole point there is that, hey, this is this was just not for you, nation of Israel, right. you were going to become a foundation so that the whole world Correct. could be reached. Right. And so we'll get into that, especially on our next podcast. By the way, while you're there, because you just spoke of it a while ago, 
is not the cup of thanksgiving. This is 1 Corinthians 10, for which we give thanks, a participation in the blood of Christ altogether worldwide. And is not the bread that we break a participation in the body of Christ worldwide when we remember we're all together because there's one loaf, the body of Christ. We who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one loaf through faith in our Lord, and it's exactly the same worldwide. That's pretty impressive when when worldwide they stop and remember the one loaf and the one cup, yeah, the blood and the body of Christ that was given to us worldwide. That's pretty powerful for everybody yeah, to have the same thought process, no matter where they are, mm-hmm. literally on every continent on, in the world. Yeah, I think it's it, powerful. I think it's the number one reason why people should meet. Me too. That's right. Together. Yeah, I agree. And so in verse 4, of, of Luke 7, it says, when they came to Jesus, so we're talking about the centurion and his servant. Well, these are the Jew, the elder, the Jews. Come oh, yeah, yeah, the Jews on his behalf. Right. Yeah. When they came to Jesus, they pleaded earnestly with him, this man deserves to have you do this. So evidently this guy was quite the fellow. Yeah. Because he loves our nation and has built our synagogue. So they even so the he was Jews, a, he was a friendly occupier. He was yeah, a even the, the Jews yeah. had a lot of respect for this guy, and so so Jesus went with them. He was not far from the house when the centurion sent friends to say to him, "Lord, don't trouble yourself, for I do not deserve to have you come under my roof." Hmm. I like this yep. because here's one of the more powerful people of this time. Just imagine some general or whatever. Who, who has all this power and authority and could just make your little hut into rubble. That's right. <laughs> he really could. Oh, yeah. And he's like, I'm not worthy for you. Because he knew he that this guy is a man of God and Jesus' character preceded himself. And he knows he addressed him as Adonai, Lord. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty amazing. Good point, huh? And so verse 7, it says, that is why I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you. Hmm. Because he's probably what you know in his military world, he's probably done a lot of things. He was, which most people would have thought he was just big time, and why he didn't come. He's saying, "No, no, I I sent people because I'm not worthy to come exactly. be in your presence." That is why I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you, but say the word, and my servant will be healed. So now he acknowledges that despite his powerful position, he believes that Jesus has a power that he does not have. And really, when you think about it, I love this idea here because he has the power to kill the the Roman centurion, but he's asking for Jesus's power to heal, which is amazing. Just a spoken word. Yeah. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes, and I tell that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. So he, he's describing his power compared to Jesus. Right. When Jesus heard this, and this is what uh, Dennis zeroed in on, he was amazed at him. And he kind of stopped, and he said, you know, when the when the Son of God is amazed yeah. at, at, 
a human, just a mere human. Because that doesn't happen very often. Well, it, I looked it up only twice. Yeah, because uh, <laughs> only twice in the New Testament did Jesus look around and say, Wow, I'm amazed at this guy. <laughs> and so he asked a profound question to the audience, which he said, How often do you think Jesus is amazed at you? Of course, it was like a gulp, not very often. Disappointed by me, maybe, but well, not right. amazed. Exactly. It was a good point, though. Great maybe point. amazingly and, disappointed. And I'm yeah. like you, I've never thought about this. Yeah, time. I neither. And turning to the crowd following him, he said, I tell you, the, I tell you, I have not found such great faith even in Israel. I mean, he was really impressed with this centurion's heart. So guess what happens? Then the men who had been sent returned to the house and found the servant well. <laughs> oh, it's a good, it's a good <laughs> story. And you see the combination of a person who had a love for his nation. And it says he built the Oh, that's the how synagogue. he kind of built that it. They made the, the segue the kind of July person, 4th. The kind of person that God is seeking and is, is dealing with. It's what he's looking for. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting. Oh, it was good. That was really I mean, good. Because I like things that make you think. Things that make you go, hmm. And, and he kind of tied in the principles that make our nation great, which is humility, a dependence on God. He kind of went the Declaration of Independence. But also you find in these spiritual qualities, most people in positions of power, especially in the secular world, they're just not seeking Jesus as a means, as a legitimate means you can to offer sm- you anything. Can, you can smell it before you get there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, so Dad, a few podcasts back, we were in Romans 8, and you said something that I guess it stuck in my brain, and it led to what we pre- Mike and I preached together, but I kind of put the notes together out of Romans 8. You said that phrase, more than conquerors. Yeah. I remember you saying, I mean, think about more than conquer. I and mean, now conquer. Like in this case, he was a conqueror. Right. But he found something more that was more than a conqueror, yeah. which was a guy, Jesus, who lived a humble life, a simple life, but had the power to do things that were the opposite of what he could do, which was heal, bring people together despite our backgrounds. And look, I mean, we're in Luke 7 here. We're early on in his ministry. And I don't think this story gets enough coverage. Yeah. Cause people don't know what to do with it. That movie, that little movie risen is kind of like that. Uh, a Roman soldier. He said he was sitting on his horse, rode up, and had his full attire on. And he told him, he said, Hey, finish him off. And then when they crucified Jesus right. and the guy picked up a spear and that centurion, I guess he was a centurion, told him, he said, get that spear and finish him off. So he took that spear, came right up underneath the rib cage of Jesus into his heart. I mean, they were masters at it. Oh, yeah. He just put that deal. Of course, this guy sitting on a horse watching him do that. And he said, yeah, that, that'll, that'll, that'll do it. And we know him. from the scriptures, the water and well, they, then, then, then he died, and they brought him down. They threw him in there and put the seal on him. They said, look, some of them Jews, you know, they're going to steal the body. Well, that the, what it ends up being is that he gets word 
that somebody has seen this Jesus walking around, you know, three days after he died. Of course, that Roman centurion said, yeah, yeah, I bet. <laughs> yeah. Because he was there to see the spear go in his heart. Right. Which he was already dead, but it, it, then he knew, he knew there was no he doubt said, he was dead. That's right. Right. So he said, no, they might have, they might be saying they saw him, but trust me, they didn't see him. Right. Well, as it plays out, he finally works it around. Mary Magdalene saw her, said she said some woman down there. They said, find out who it is. He's going around because the old guy over him said, Go down there and stamp this out. Get rid of this. He may be alive. They said his disciples came and got him. They're trying to put a ruse on us. Mm -hmm. The Jews are saying, oh, no, somebody stole the body. Nobody saw him. Well, this guy finally barges in there, and here's the disciples, Mary Magdalene, and Jesus sitting there at a table, and he finally finds him after about a week of looking, and he just looks, and he has a flashback, when he looked right at his face, then he looked down. He, he looked down. He saw them marks. He was sitting there with his hands like that. He saw them marks and right there where that spear went. He was sitting there. He said, good night. So that's how it ends up. But finally, he contacts Jesus, sits down with him, has a few words. And so he winds up being and converted. And becomes a father. believer. Huh. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, when you think about Matthew 27, you know, I Jesus, think risen is what they in call verse it. fifty. Hang, hang on, Joe. Let's take a break. So we talk a lot about aches and pains, Dad, from our vacation. <laughs> I had a elbow issue. Jay's had a back problem. We kind of got throttled by the young guys, but overall, health wise, except for my one issue, I'm doing really well. And after playing golf for four days, I was really wondering. One of the reasons why is because we take Omega XL which is all about taking care of inflammation, knees, neck, shoulders. I have zero there you go. aches and pains. Exactly. Zero, and, 75. And you've been taking uh, Omega XL. Steadily. 35 years of clinical research. Uh, they neutralize inflammation. It's a really good product. So if you're suffering with these aches and pains and stiffness, things like that, go to OmegaXL.com. If you go there now, you get buy one bottle, you get a second bottle for free which is awesome. So it gives you a couple of months to get you going. That's about when it kicks in. This is about two months. OmegaXL.com slash Phil. That's OmegaXL.com slash Phil. Or you can call them 800-844-4888. That's 800-844-4888. And take care of your inflammation. In Matthew twenty-seven fifty, Jesus cried out again in a loud voice, and he gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook, the rocks split, the tombs broke open. The bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. They came out of the tombs, and after Jesus' resurrection, they went into the holy city and prepared to many uh, appeared to many people. 54 is what I was trying to get at. When the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and all that happened, they were terrified and exclaimed, surely he was the son of God. <laughs> so, so even I mean, the surrounding is, things around it, which I, I'd forgotten about that. I mean, people, even the Roman soldiers, other dead people, they were like, wait a minute. That's well, old, that's old Sally. She's what well, she died 30 years ago. Just say it. Every movie you ever see about the Romans, in this role was always the, you know, they're the mean, nasty. But some of them looked around and said, 
I believe this is the Son of God. There'll be something to this. <laughs> well, right. And my point is, when you get to Romans 9 through 11, that was the point. Yeah. What, what, what's so weird about God's grace, which I love that statement in Romans 11, where it's like, if you start nullifying certain people from being in based on where they're from or what they've done, well, God's grace is no longer... Grace. It says grace is not grace. You don't ever want to be hooked up with a group where grace is no longer grace. Yeah, we we got it, but you don't. Yeah, that's a dangerous thing. Which look, there's there's a lot of groups out there that like we're the only ones going to make it. Yep. And when grace is no longer grace, that's right. So, Dad, my my lead in to tie into yesterday being July fourth. Because, you know, there's a lot of different, I've preached a lot of sermons around holidays. And because everybody's thinking about it, it's a holiday. But my thought process was, is that the American experiment is a good way to put it. Because nothing, no other country has started like we did in the history of the world. That's right. And what was interesting about it was, so the American Revolution was a war fought, unlike any war that had ever been fought up until that point. Every war that's ever been fought, including the ones you read about in the Bible, were to conquer people, to take land, and to rule over other people. That's why the yep. Romans were in Israel. That's right. That's what they did. So, by the way, <clears throat> to the empire, all of those empires, but and fought the wars for that reason, all of them, and moving into the twenty first century, we're, we're looking at China, India, mm-hmm. the United States, Russia. Looking at the remaining ones. But all of them up to now, Al, every one of them has collapsed. That's right. And someone mm-hmm. will take them over. So, that's right. That's, that's what happened. So so my point was that the revolution was fought for an interesting set of circumstances. The, we, we fought the Brits, who we were Brits. I mean, that's we came here as colonists to gain freedom. And the idea was we would set up a government that would give the power to the people not to a monarch and not to someone to rule over. And focused on God. That's exactly right. The God of the Bible. Exactly. So my point was, I I firmly believe the founders, who obviously were, most of them were biblical guys. Yep. The concepts that are in Romans 8 were applied into our Constitution because the idea is freedom is what, and liberty is what our country's founded on. So I like the idea that America started with the idea of more than conquer. In other words, we conquered, we kicked the Brits out, but it wasn't so we could just, you know, take more land. It was so we could provide freedom. Now and, when, we, and when Jefferson wrote the declaration, we're, I'm declaring on behalf of others a declaration of independence. We hold these truths to be self-evident. Well, they're only self-evident if you had read your Bible. That's right. <laughs> You understand what I'm saying? Exactly. But there was enough people who said, well, good night. We hold these truths to be said that all men are created equal. He started with over in Genesis and, and he just worked it all the way through. We have these rights right. given to us by God, right. like I, I think liberty, pursuit yeah, of happiness. Right. I think the problem is, is what happened to the Indians. Oh, yeah. And then you had slavery. And so people are like, well, how can this be right. Which I said, that, I said, post-revolution, we did fight wars to conquer and take land. Yep. I mean, so I'm saying we're not perfect, I, but the well, founding exactly. idea was the well, idea. They were based on those principles. Right. And the people 
it's taken 200 years, but they eventually are getting it right that you can't base a, a decision of value based on what color someone's skin is, or you can't, you know, have these these kind of social things going on where people are devalued based on on any reason. So now, has, has it taken 250 years? Yeah. But the fact that we had principles based on people could rise up and vote people out or, you know, stand up and say, we're not going to take this. It, it has worked. Right. It's just taken a very long well, time. Well, even in the last <laughs> century, though, and, Dad, you and I witnessed it when we were in France, you know, Americans engaged in World War One and World War Two, even though those were not on our shores, but we were hit, you know, for Pearl Harbor. But the idea was is that the idea of freedom was important enough that thousands and thousands of American GIs would Shed give their, their blood life. for it. That's exactly right. And you and I walked through that cemetery where there's ten thousand grave markers, uh, yep. Jewish stars and crosses. Yep. That are on that hill. And the only thing America asked for in return from France was that land to bury our dead. Yep. Which is now American soil. Yep. That's that's our territory. That yep. one little bit of bluff you and I walked around. Yep. And so the that's the idea is it. But I, I remarked it that was a solemn walk, by the way. Oh, my goodness. It was one of the most powerful. Remember, they had life. them down there, the town and the state, the town. Yep. Some of them it said known only to God. Yeah, yeah, they didn't I mean, know who they were. Yeah, they didn't know who they were. Ten thousand graves. I, I hoped plus. that the ones, and I'm thinking, in the forties, we were a different country than we are in the 2020s, because you, in you the forties, the 1940s, more. I was hitchhiking on the, as a seventh grader, eighth grader, ninth grader. I'm hitchhiking up and down the road, not worrying about a thing. Mm. So most people, I think, far more people, let me put it like that, believed in God. Because to go across what I saw on o Omaha Beach, if you didn't believe in God, when you pull up there and hit the bank, you had about, my guess was about 450 yards, and the ball open, and the bluffs are just Chuck full machine gun nest. weapons. That's right. And you're going to try to make it from right here off this landing craft, 450 yards. Anybody who said that's what we fix and do, I'd have said you, you would have needed to be a very godly person. That's right. Because you talk about dangerous. It was bad. Oh, so I think that. Let's, uh, let's take it. It, it, it gave me the shivers saying, boy, what if I'd have been in one of those landing crafts and they said you're going from right here to over there, you better go as fast as you yeah. can. Mm. I think the problem has been we, we've done such great things like that for our world, and then you see hypocrisy in our own country, you know, with devaluing people for whatever reason, the color of their skin, where they're from. But there's always been a quest to me to go back. Those principles are right that we – we are created equal. Yep. And those of us who would fight for that and hold that true realize those principles are rooted in what God did through Jesus on a cross. I it mean, seems like every decade, Jay, they, someone will rise into power that wants to then change that. Now the word equality, which is a godly principled word mm -hmm. and is a great word, has now been changed to equity 
which is what the, the current group is pushing, which is, is tyranny. It, it's based on all the things we said we don't want to do yep. and, and all the things we came for. So, Dad, it was interesting. I mentioned that uh, Benjamin Franklin, when he was coming out of the Constitutional Convention, someone said, hey, you know, Ben, what, what, so what's our country? You know, because you imagine back in those days, what do we have? There are people meeting. They're like, what, what are we going to And he said, well, it's a republic if you can keep it. Yep. And so even all those years ago, Franklin was smart enough to know it that, him. that people don't know how to be free. Yep. They, yep. They're just more comfortable under tyranny, under law. And that's what we've been talking about the whole book of Romans. I mean, the idea is we can't be comfortable with freedom and be more than conquerors, which yep. is the whole chapter eight. This is what the whole thing is about. Because it really yep. comes back down to this spiritual battle of good and evil. That's right. Yep. I mean, that's what it comes down to. Which is why Romans 7 is before Romans 8, because Paul lays that out clearly, the idea of the internal struggle of you know the flesh versus the spirit. But then he comes back in verse 1 says, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And, and no means no. Way back yeah. in Romans 2, for those who are self-seeking and who reject the truth and follow evil, there will be wrath and anger. There will be trouble and distress for every human being who does evil, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. That's everybody. But glory, honor, and peace for everyone who does good, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile, for God does not show favoritism. The rest of the book of Romans, that's Romans 2. He started with, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, which is the bedrock of being free. It frees you. So he started there, but that 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 line, that point is repeatedly made the rest of the book of Romans, Al. That's, That's right. what it's all about. And and they, and therein lies the struggle. Yep. And as we've said on this podcast many times before, you know, Paul's speaking specifically to his fellow Jews a lot in Romans, but we've seen the same sort of reversion in the modern era of the church is trying to go back under works, back oh, under yeah. law, back, uh, all the things he said you've been freed from. Why do you want to go back? I mean, it's, why do we do that? I don't know. It's, it, it's just as a people, why would we want to go to Marxism? There's a whole group of people now that want us to be Marxist. Why, why would you want to mock God? First of all, you must understand that in the last days, scoffers will come. I wonder what they're going to be scoffing at scoffing and following their own evil desires, they'll say, where is this coming, he promised? Y'all sitting around waiting on Jesus to show up? You say, that's it. They're like, ever since our fathers died, everything goes on as it has since the beginning of creation. Right. You know, you're waiting on Jesus to come back? Ah, that's the biggest bunch of bull. They scoff at it out. Right. What we're looking for Knowing it's going to happen, they scoff at it and say, you don't have to worry about all that religious crap. Right. We're not going to follow no Jesus. Hey. Right. So y'all waiting on him to come back. We say, yep. We're counting time by him. We're waiting on it till he shows up. We want to run toward him. He says a little later on, what kind of people ought you to be if you know that he's coming? He said, you ought to, you ought to uh, look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. <laughs> yeah. So, and then there's a, a fiery scenario that fix to take place and the, the, the evil are 
punished and the and the righteous live on. But don't you think it's interesting story. that people that don't what we see in our own culture now in 2021 that don't have faith, that don't recognize God, whatever, for whatever reason, they seem very angry and upset all the time. All the time. I mean, it doesn't seem like a peaceful life. They get up mad in the morning. Mad. And, and like you, you hear them do interviews or you see people protest. So everybody is so mad and upset. And the reason why is because Romans 8 tells us if you're going to have freedom, you'll never be able to really fully enjoy it unless the Holy Spirit is the guiding force. That's why he keeps yep. going back to the Holy Spirit over and over and over again all throughout the chapter. If Christ is in you, the Spirit gives you life because of righteousness. The Spirit of him who raised Jesus is living in you. Live by the Spirit, he says. Yep. The Spirit helps us in our weakness. The Spirit intercedes for us. So if you have people without the Holy Spirit of God, it's understandable that they're not going to have any fruit that's born out that looks like a spiritual lifestyle. You know, that's why there's such a contrast between the two. It gets down to the guys with the spray paint running around in the streets. Yeah. F everybody. Right. Just... All of them. Now, that's the ultimate scoffer. Yep. That's all he knows. So what would you say? What, how would you define the Marxism? You keep bringing up this Marxism. What, what, how would you define that for the simple mind? I mean, what are they? What is the hollow thought? and deceptive philosophy? The, but I mean, what what is the. So here's what they would claim, Jazz. They, the Karl Marx idea was that we're going to create a commune, communism. A, a commune life where everybody's the same. Yep. Nobody is above. There's no. There's no capitalism. There's no people yep. trying to make money. That's right. The, well, the so, state. The so state. they're basing that. But but when you say that, they would say, "Well, we're all equal." Right. That's right. So that's right. That's yeah. what they say. So there you. But, but here's the fallacy. Let's let's yeah. take our last break. Here's the fallacy. We were able to watch Marxism. There's a reason why it didn't work. Because a small amount of people were in charge of all the rest of them. And they had everything. And most of the money is going to the small amount <laughs> to of people. To the small amount of people. So the people were poor, were starving to death, and it was a terrible, you know, yeah. somebody says, well, they just didn't do it right. If you you're did talk, it right. You're speaking like past tense, but every time it's tried. Has not worked. Has not worked. And yet, so now today you got a group of people that says, you know what? We don't like the fact that there's millionaires and billionaires. So we want to take all their money and spread it out so everybody will have a little bit. You don't have to work. You know, this is, this is what's being implemented. So we're going to start sending you checks. We're just they'll come so in the everybody mail. Be equal. Everybody so be how equal. do you balance? How do you come? What would be the way to take the what they're trying to do physically and and get to a place where they understand Jesus, which is because what we're doing, we have a community. On Sunday, we take the Lord's Supper, which is where we started having this mm -hmm. conversation. Because we have community. That's what Christ. I'm saying, and we're all equal in Christ. Correct. It, you know, so I, I mean, I see they're trying to obtain what we have in Jesus, but they're trying to do it without Jesus, which in is a physical why way. it will not work. So yeah. you think about all the parables that Jesus taught. It's very evident. We've talked about this a lot. The idea of gain. And capitalism is all throughout the parables oh, of yeah. Jesus over and over and over. Don't just, you you put your money to work. Well, even like know? the parable of the talents. You yeah. Know, where he's like, some of them took the money and invested, did other things. But even the one 
that just dug a hole and stuck it in it. He's right. like, well, you should have quiet at least life, taken it to the quiet, bank. Quiet life. Uh, <laughs> quiet life. Uh, you, 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 you work hard. You know, you, so so the outsiders will say, hmm, that's good. Right. So you won't have to be dependent on anyone. Right. I mean, that way, that's pretty good. Pretty good way to roll. Well, and a lot of Jason makes a good point. There are a lot of people under or with the idea of communism. They they laud Jesus as like, see, this is you like him. He was here. He didn't have any property. He said he didn't even have a place to lay his head. He didn't mind being just a you know poor guy. What they miss is, oh, but also he is God, the creator of the universe. You <laughs> yeah. know, I don't have to have a house when I own the whole thing. <laughs> You know, when, when I can, the, the whole cosmos is mine. Yeah. So they miss the idea, which is why it won't work. Now, now I'm the other way. I, I'm not saying full capitalism, don't care about people. Just all you want to do is make money. Obviously, greed. There's a lot of negatives and sinful behavior that comes about because of money. Well, the rich young ruler we talked about exactly. last time, he put all his faith and trust. In, but you in said it, Jace. It's The idea is community in Christ is what matters. Therefore, I can have a little or I can have a lot, but it doesn't make me any different to my brothers and sisters. And I don't look at people based on their skin color. I, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, yeah being Living a quiet life and minding your own business <clears throat> and working hard, that sort of flies in the face of uh, the Facebook crowd. That's right. I think there's a problem, oh, a though, because you live in a nation, and as we live in a nation, but we're... In, in our case, we're, our foundation is rooted in the Word of God, and God is our creator. I mean, to me, that takes top precedent a, over a, anything that happens in the nation. We're a holy nation among the nations, but we're inside a construct called a republic, which is teetering at the time. Yep. But we're members of the kingdom of God, saying spiritual yeah. kingdom in the middle of all that. Mm -hmm. Well, that's not, why the Hebrew writer said our, our citizenship is in heaven. That's, well, right. you know. that's why I'm saying if I if I would have lived in the Civil War era, I'm not I'm not gonna look at someone who has a different skin color and say, "Oh, it's okay for you to be my slave because you have a different skin color." I'm like, no, I'm out on that because yep. my belief in the Word of God and what I have in Jesus is gonna trump that. Yeah, that's right. And so, but I try to tell people that as a white guy. And they're like, well, you know, but you're white. Yeah. I'm like, that has nothing to do with anything. I, I read this and I'm like, nope, that's not right. I, I'm, I'm going to be on the side that includes everyone. So I think people, and my point is, it's hard because I'm not real familiar with you know, Marxism or what that means. Critical that's why, race I, was, theory and why I was asking that. I don't, I don't read that kind of stuff because I get my information out of the Bible. But, and I'm not, you know, I'm not smart enough to read because most of the time, the first time when I read what Marxism is, I, w I spent five minutes and it said nothing. <laughs> it, you know, I was like, well, it's godless. What, what, I'll tell you that. Basically, what, you had it. It, yeah, it yeah, is what, nothing. What is the point here? <laughs> so that's why I asked, though, this, they're trying to obtain equality from a different measure than Jesus. Right. And so that's why I was well, asking, by the way, what, the, what are the, do they have the pillars of success? And look, yeah, they do, according to them. And you know what one of the first ones is? You got to get rid of religion. Yep. That's well, gotta I'm go. out that's, on that. That's got to go. Because yeah. if you got people that are believing there's some other way to be equal other than us taking complete control, that's not going to work. 
So yeah. see what I'm saying? It, it's power to the state, and that's what you're seeing today, which is really, really sad. But doesn't us being alienated from these types of groups prove that their equality-driven message is not working? If I'm out just because I'm a believer in God, mm-hmm. isn't what, you try, what, what you're trying to accomplish, isn't it flawed? Because there's no room for me. The right. streets are full of people who do not love God, and they don't love each other. Yeah, the streets are full of them, and we're thirty some odd trillion in the hole. It's just not a good place to be. It looks like a, a much quicker collapse than some of the other regimes that you mentioned earlier. But the good news is we're here. I mean, we're not going anywhere. Which okay. I, I thought. So the uh, we just got a couple of minutes left, but I want to read what I thought was the strongest point in my sermon was Romans eight thirty three. Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and also interceding for us. You got Therefore, yeah. whatever human construct we had to be operating under, lots of them floating around, oligarchies, yep. dictatorships, communism, socialism, I'll just go with Jesus yep. and take my chances with him. Yes, exactly right. I think two of your other points that were really good was one when you said God looks at us as victors, not victims. Yeah. Now, where did you get that from? Where Where was you reading that from? I I just said it. I I just made that up. That wasn't a verse. Oh. I just said there's a lot of people. Well, I know, but I meant based on what verse. Well, I don't remember where I was, but I remember saying that there's a victim mindset now in America. Everybody is in a bad way because it's somebody else's fault. Yeah, and I want I want us to realize that we're victors, uh, and not because because the the verse I just read, Jace, that was the one I was talking. Yeah, about. and then he yeah. said, and we're more than conquerors, more than who, conquerors. Who right. us. Uh, and the other one uh, was the first verse of chapter eight that says, "There's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus," and the last verse yeah. of Romans eight, which says, "There's no separation from the love of God that is in Christ." Jesus, our Lord. So you think about what God's grace offers and why it's the place for new beginnings, why it's essential to a great nation, having a place where you can move on from your mistakes of your past, where you have no condemnation in Christ. You're not going to be condemned for anything because of his grace. And he brings up. And there's no separation from his love. We're inseparable. Yeah. So if you're if you're separated from the love of Christ, who moved? Basically, he <laughs> says in the middle of all that, who uh, he was died, he got, was Watch raised from mind. the dead, right hand of God. He said, he's also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble? Could be. Hardship? Nope. Persecution? Nope. Famine? Nope. Nakedness? No. Danger? No. Sword? No. For your sake, we face death all day long. We're considered asleep to be sleep, sheep to be slaughtered. So if you look at it, you say, he's saying with Jesus, you're not going to lose. Exactly you win. Right. No you matter win. what human beings have done to you, the country, or anything else. Victor. He said, you live. Victor, not victim. I love it. Not, not separated, not condemned. Yep. That's the way you live free. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube and be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, 
Subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.